Stop the Music, published on December 29, 2022. I thought I was done writing for the year, but a thread of mine is going viral on Twitter, and I wanted to share it with you and expand on some of its key ideas. The disruption of creative work has been going on for a long time, and yet we always assume that it won't affect us. In 1927, around 24,000 musicians were employed in movie theaters across North America. When films were silent, theaters employed local musicians to accompany each screening. But once films gained a soundtrack, local musicians were no longer necessary. In 1927, Warner Brothers released The Jazz Singer, the first feature-length motion picture with both synchronized recorded music score and a lip-sync singing and speech. Talking films, or talkies as they were called back then, changed everything. By 1930, some 7,200 musicians lost their jobs, or about 30% of all pre-talkie, pre-talkie uh, theater musicians. In some markets, such as New York and Cincinnati, musician unemployment reached 50 to 75%. In 1930, the Union of American Singers, the AFM, spent the equivalent of $10 million on a campaign to stop people from listening to recorded music and watching movies with sound. Advertisements derided robots, or canned music, that attempted to replace true art. I also include an example uh, of some of these ads in my actual newsletter. Now, we all know how that ended. Over time, all theater musicians were eliminated, and recorded soundtracks became par for the course. The advent of records, radio, talking films made creative work more scalable. As one union ad put it, 300 musicians in Hollywood now supply all the music offered in thousands of theaters. Can such a tiny reservoir of talent nurture artistic progress? The ad asked. Well, a hundred years ago, it seemed improbable that such canned music would ever replace real music. Joseph N. Weber, the president of the American Federation of Music, predicted that the public will not always accept what he called a lifeless, soulless, synthetic music. Edward Moore, the Chicago Herald Tribune music critic, agreed with Weber, stating that the films have a long way to go before they can duplicate live musicians. Well, turns out that films never managed to duplicate living musicians. They didn't have to. Disruptive technology doesn't seek to replicate humans or anything else. More often, it just sidesteps, and it makes all standards and processes redundant. Records and talking films made music cheaper and accessible to a much larger audience. As a result of this dynamic, we tend to underestimate technology's power to turn in-person work into scalable work. In many so-called creative professions, fewer people can already capture a larger share of the market than ever. As I pointed out in my New York Times article last year, such professions include programmers and designers, but they also include teachers and fitness instructors and other very physical professions. So, you know, a Peloton instructor earns about 12 times more than an offline competitor and can service many more clients at the same time. And OnlyFans performers earns much more than a local dancer. And a successful online teacher can make millions per year teaching primary school kids. And for all of these, known, note that the online performance or experience maybe is inferior to the offline one, so it doesn't replicate it, but it has other benefits, maybe price, maybe speed, maybe other things that you can not do offline. So we assume that most professions cannot be scaled in the same way, but there is already growing evidence to the contrary. Many things that seem ridiculous to us now will seem obvious to our grandkids. I wish you a wonderful weekend and a happy new year. Couple of, <laughs> of side notes. Later this month, or actually in January, I'm running, I'm hosting a live event with Stephen 
painter of Gensler to discuss the conversion of offices into housing and how much housing can actually be created by converting off empty offices into apartments. You can sign up on my newsletter or on LinkedIn. And also to welcome 2023, I'm launching a premium subscription for my newsletter. Premium subscribers will receive bonus weekly posts, digests with recommended articles and books and podcasts, access to the comment section, and they'll also join exclusive Ask Me Anything webinars with me. Your support enables me to dive deeper into the technologies, strategies, and ideas that will define the coming decades. If you find it valuable, please consider a premium subscription. It costs like two cups of coffee, but it lasts way longer. You can get yours on my website. And I wrote more about my writing agenda for 2023 and my favorite quotes earlier this week, so you can check out an earlier podcast or article as well. Thank you again for listening and wishing you again a wonderful weekend and a happy new year.